Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This week is going by fast, and I love it. It's already Wednesday. Welcome in, guys. Glad to see you. On this Wednesday morning, the whole Labor Day thing and having college football until Monday really helps the week go by faster, so I'm glad that you are with me. And a couple of things to talk about. First, I want to read to you the worst take I've ever seen. It's the worst take of the week. It's only Wednesday. Like I said, there's more time. It might be the worst take of the season. And this kind of stuff is just exhausting, and so I'm going to spend a little bit of time ripping it apart. And then this weekend's game, Mississippi State and NC State, we're going to turn our attention on the radio show uh, away from what just happened in college football and now towards what is going to happen this weekend. A massive, massive game in Starkville for Mike Leach. How important is it really uh, for for Mike Leach and for Mississippi State? We saw the crowd last Saturday. There's kind of a wait and see thing with some Mississippi State fans anyway. Not all of them. Of course, there are a lot of you out there that are just all in, always, no matter what. And uh, I respect the heck out of people that are like that. But there are some in wait-and-see mode. What's the crowd going to look like this weekend? But more importantly, how important is this game for Mike Leach? Does he have to win this one? What happens if he doesn't? And then a little bit about the challenges NC State will present uh, to Mississippi State this weekend. And if there's time, we'll get into some other games. Uh, Big weekend. Big weekend in college football. Uh, You've got Ohio State-Oregon coming up. Uh, In the SEC, you have three SEC teams that are non-conference underdogs. You have South Carolina that's an underdog in East Carolina who got smoked by Appalachian State last weekend. You've got Mississippi State, obviously an underdog to NC State, and Tennessee's an underdog to Pittsburgh uh, in Knoxville. So you've got that. Iowa-Iowa State's really interesting this weekend. Uh Washington at Michigan, I suppose. Next weekend's a little bit better than this one. However, uh, there are some games to talk about, so hopefully there will be time to talk about them with you. Uh, Real quick, I do want to remind you, if you're watching for the first time, this is on YouTube. Find me on YouTube, just Michael Borky. All you need to find, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Hit that little notification bell thing right next to the subscribe button. It is free, by the way. And... uh, If you actually like what you hear, like the video as well. That will help me a ton. Also, follow on Twitter and Facebook and wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning. Or my name should turn up results wherever you get your podcasts. So, I want to start with this, though. And uh, and Junebug, I see your message about Mississippi State. I wanted to start with this, though, because I think all of you are going to agree with me that this might be the worst take of the college football season. Might be the worst take of the season. I'm reading from Barrett Sports Media. It's actually a really nice service uh, for people in my business. Uh, they do a really good job. And sometimes they write things I disagree with, and this, I think, is more than just disagreement. I think this is an island of one. Here's the uh, – I'll read you the first few paragraphs. That's all, all you need to hear. The worst take of the season, probably, so far. It didn't come from USA Today. It didn't come from Dan Walken. It's coming from BSM. Call me cold-hearted. Here's the lead. Call me cold-hearted. Call me anti-fun. As I watched college football this weekend and consumed the global social media conversation via Twitter, I walked away with one question. Am I the only person in the country that genuinely does not care that there are fans in the stands again? 
Fox took a solid three minutes to show me a bunch of Midwestern college students jumping up and down during Penn State's win over Wisconsin. Gus Johnson called it one of the most wonderful moments in college football. Twitter users called it awesome and glorious. I thought it was a waste of my time as a viewer. I didn't like House of Pain's jump around when it came out in the early 90s. I don't like it now. I'm not at all opposed to Wisconsin students participating in their tradition and having fun. Just don't try to sell me that it's a spectacle to hold. One thing that became clear as day during the first full weekend of action across college football is whether we want to participate or not, college football fans are ground zero for the COVID culture war right now. It's not surprising then that Fox was so eager to participate. This is so exhausting. This is so exhausting. Um, th- there is a, a desire in my business. And, and in, I mean, it's kind of worked, right? Like there's a reason Skip Bayless makes a hell of a lot more money than I do. I understand in this business, you have to have strong opinions. You have to believe in something and, and be strong about it. And sometimes if it goes against the grain, you've got to hold strong and that's what it's got to be. I understand that. Um, but there is this uh, desire to just be a contrarian for the sake of being a contrarian, just to be different uh, when it's not um, intellectual at all. Uh, I've heard that all over, all over small markets, places that are near to my heart where you've got people that just want to stir stuff up just for the sake of it. I have actually heard that from somebody out of this market uh, that runs a station, runs a sports station. They said that their goal every day is to stir, excuse my language, to stir shit up and create controversy. That that is their goal every day. I think that's garbage. And I think that does not build a loyal audience. You will never go anywhere other than just getting hate clicks. And that's a really empty life in an empty business model to me. I think more successful people who will be around for longer do it the right way and are just honest and are strong at times, but are, are honest and, and don't try to make you mad for the sake of making you mad. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about. Now, this isn't near as strong as Max Kellerman's Andre Iguodala should take game-winning shots over Steph Curry or something like that. Uh, you, you know, it's not there. It's not the backwards hat quarterback theory. It's none of that stuff. But this is just exhausting. Maybe people just enjoy the atmospheres that college football creates, and that's what draws them to the sport. It's the damnedest thing. And if you're going to do the whole political thing that, oh, of course Fox jumped on it because of politics, then explain why Gus Johnson was so happy to be there and why he said what he did. It's kind of insulting, honestly, to suggest that the the people that were pumped to see that scene in Madison, Wisconsin, are politically driven. That's just complete and utter nonsense. Um, There's a difference between college football and the NFL. You guys have heard me say it before. I like the NFL more so than college as far as actual football. I prefer, if I'm going to be at home watching games, I would rather it be an NFL game than a college game because I think the football product is better. And I think that's, I mean, objectively true. More people watch it for a reason. It's the best football that you can get. But college football has this other stuff that draws you to it. It's either a connection, an emotional connection to a school or an area. 
but it's also the other goofy stuff that happens. It is jump around, which is incredible, by the way. Uh, it's enter Sandman. You don't get enter Sandman in the NFL. You don't get jump around in the NFL. You don't get the Sooner Schooner in the NFL. You don't get run Ralphie run in the NFL. You don't get the running down the hill at Clemson in the NFL. You don't get the best damn band in the land scripting Ohio in the NFL. You don't get any of that. What draws us to college football is that goofy stuff. It is jump around. It is singing Build Me Up Buttercup. It's Michigan singing Mr. Brightside. How cool was that? That's the kind of stuff that draws people into college football. And if you can tell me that you watched Big Ten football last year, a home game in Madison, Wisconsin, last year where nobody was there, and then that game against Penn State, and you tell me that's the same product and there's no difference, you're being intentionally obtuse. That's the only explanation that I can come up with because if you can watch both of those games, even from television, and tell me that they're the same, you're you're crazy. You're, you're insane. You are intentionally looking for something that is not there. People were happy to see Enter Sandman at Virginia Tech because it's awesome, and they missed it last year. And yes, COVID is still a thing. It, it is. It's still out there. And luckily, there are ways now, better treatment options, and a vaccine that is effective out there for people to take. It's not the same as last year. Variants and stuff, yes, they are scary and it's new and all of that, but there are much better options. We have a much better understanding of what it is. Maybe people like me and like all college football fans out there just missed what they love. Or it's a a political thing. And that's why Fox was so eager to show jump around was because they wanted to make a political statement and not because anytime you're broadcasting a game in Madison, Wisconsin, you show jump around because I've seen ESPN highlight jump around before. And if it's, well, it's Fox and they're making a political statement, explain why ESPN highlighted Enter Sandman so much. It's almost because it's not political at all. It's just awesome. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's not even an anti-COVID thing. Maybe people are just like, you know what? College football kicks ass because we get to see crowds like that, act like that, and in nowhere else in American sports do we get that. Some student sections in college basketball, but it's not at that scale, and it's not even anywhere close in environment. That kind of stuff that we saw this weekend is what draws us to college football. It is not something, whatever Clay Travis says on Twitter, is not a reflection of how we all feel. I love jump around in the five minutes that Fox spent on it because that is something that I want to see in person. And it looks like so much fun. And everybody there looks like they're having a blast. Gus Johnson's in the booth just bobbing his head, man. Just vibing. Because that is a cool thing that we don't get in American sports outside of college football. 
That's why we love it. It has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with anti-COVID. It's just that's what we loved. And last year we didn't get it. And this year we get it. And we love it. And that's what draws us to college football. Because if it was just the quality of play, none of us would care about college football because the NFL is way better. But we've got emotional ties to the schools involved or ties to the areas in which the schools are from, or we just love the atmospheres. That's what makes it different. It's quirky. It's unique. Sometimes it's kind of goofy. But that's what draws us to it. And we didn't get that last year. Maybe that's all it is. But in in today's media market, we've got to find a, a political angle and everything. When Memphis doesn't get invited to the Big 12, oh, it's got to be about something nefarious. It's not because Memphis as a program is not as attractive as UCF or anything like that. No, it's because of an underlying systemic issue. That's We are actively at times seeking things that are not there. Oh, it was a political statement that college football fans love to see college football normal this weekend. That's not there. You're looking for something that's not there. It's exhausting, and I just I hate that that's what this business has become. Thank God for people like Dan Patrick, who didn't build his following and his career based on saying ridiculous stuff just to get people mad. He did it for being honest. Yes, he has strong opinions at times, but he's real. That's why he's successful. So hopefully this kind of stuff, USA Today column where college football has a – cloud hanging over it or whatever the hell Dan Wolken wrote going into week one, that kind of stuff. I hope people are starting to pay attention to this and to stop consuming it all the way up to places like Skip Bayless. JP says, I don't quite know if it's an island of one. That sounds like a far left set of fingers typing. A lot of people think it's irresponsible with the healthcare systems overloaded and so on. Sadly, there is no middle ground. You're either with them or against people like that in their way. Uh, yeah, I'm. You know, I'm going to move on. Not that your comment was bad. I just I'm I'm going to move on. I said my piece, and not everything is political. Although we try so hard to make everything political, sometimes people just want to feel normal again, and even if. So in some of these places, the healthcare systems are overloaded. Um, and, and maybe in some places, this is irresponsible to do. But Lollapalooza happened in Chicago this summer. So, so why weren't there think pieces on CNN about Lollapalooza this summer? Why is it just college football? I don't know. I, I just... Sometimes people maybe just are relieved to see some normalcy, even if it may not be normal yet. That could, that, that could be all it is. That's, that's what it is. Anyway, all right. Mississippi State, how important is this game this weekend? For Mike Leach in particular, um, I don't know how much of an indicator crowd was or crowd will be for most places. It used to be. Not too terribly long ago, I mean, you know, 10 years ago or so before attendance started trending downwards, where if there were empty seats in your stadium, it was the fans sending a message. I don't know how much that is the case anymore, uh, because Ohio State has many seats available for their game against ranked Oregon 
this weekend in Columbus through the school. Like, it's not a hard sellout yet. They'll probably get there, but it's not a hard sellout yet. Um, You're going to see places all over the country with thousands of empty seats for games that you would used to have seen them be sold out for. Texas this past weekend, welcoming in a new coach that they are just thrilled about. Good team in ULL coming into Austin. Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands empty seats in Austin. The landscape has changed a little bit. So I don't know if this past Saturday against Louisiana Tech, Mississippi State fans were like sending a message, but I do think there's some wait-and-see mode from some state fans that contributed to what was a pretty terrible attendance this past weekend. It's COVID. It's the trends were already going down. The weather was pretty brutal. And there is some, I'm going to wait and see if they're improved before I actually jump in and start buying tickets and going to games and stuff again. I think there is an element to that. So if that is real, how important is this game this weekend? And if Mississippi State loses, for you as a fan, I know I've got State fans watching this right now and listening to this. How do you feel about this game? Not about if they win or or not about if you think they're going to win, but what happens if they don't? How would you feel? What would your reaction be? Would you be calling for? It was also Labor Day weekend. That's another good point. You know, people were dove hunting and stuff. I, I don't think it's exclusively the fans are waiting to see on Mike Leach. I think there's a lot of factors that are keeping people away now. I mean, again, Ohio State is not a hard sellout for a ranked matchup this weekend yet. It's not a hard sellout yet. Could you imagine saying that five years ago about Ohio State? They would sell out games against Miami of Ohio. In Oregon, there's still empty seats or seats available. It, it's a different landscape now, no doubt about it. Uh, but how do you feel about this one? I don't. I'm not going to go into the must-win territory. It's week two. There's no such thing as a must-win in week two. Uh, NC State all summer should have been if you were, you know, telling yourselves the truth and uh, state based media were telling the truth, NC State was always a game that uh, was a possible loss. I mean, this is not a bad football team coming in. Dave Doran's a really solid coach. Uh, You know, they win eight, nine games every single year. They're putting players in the NFL. It's a good NC State team. It's a good NC State program. If you were just putting W next to this game this summer before you saw last week, um, I got a bridge to sell you because NC State was always going to be pretty good. I think they are. I think they've got a really experienced quarterback. I'm not going to tell you that he's great. He's not great. Uh, He's better than what you saw this last weekend. But, uh, you know, you're going to see much better quarterbacks uh, than Devin Leary. But he's played a ton of football. He's got a lot of experience. He is good. Don't get me wrong. He's good. Not the best you'll see, though. I do really like their running back, uh, Zonovan Knight. They've also got a couple of uh, rotational pieces that are really good. But Zonovan Knight's a good back, Uh, you know, will probably play at the next level. Uh, level. They've also got a wide receiver who's really good. Um, I'm going to try his try to say his last name correctly. Uh, it's Ameka Amizi, I believe, uh, a quality wide receiver. People think he's uh, an early round pick, like second, third round pick. So, you know, an NFL caliber wide receiver. It's a different challenge uh, for Mississippi State this weekend. Uh, definitely a better football team coming into Starkville this weekend than the one you saw this past weekend. Definitely better, 
better at quarterback, better at running back, better at wide receiver, presumably better in the trenches. It's a different challenge uh, for Mississippi State. No, no doubt about that. But how's the fan base going to feel? How are they going to feel if you lose this game? Because I did have a lot of people, and it's just Twitter and during a game, so people are really reactionary. I've noticed that. If you if you look at message boards and read Twitter and stuff like that during games, I don't think that's the real pulse of the fan base. I don't think message boards are the real pulse of a fan base ever. Uh, but you can gauge some of how they feel on them. But during games, you, you just throw that out. People have had a drink or two, a little emotional, watching the games, but I did have people telling me that if State doesn't improve, if they don't look any better, that they should fire Mike Leach after this season. We're not going to get into that today. There's no reason to because that's that's just not a conversation worth having right now. But if people thought that about last week, are they going to think that about this week if, if the game goes south? And what will that mean for administrative confidence in Mike Leach? What will that mean for recruiting? What will that mean for attendance and crowd size and stuff like that? This is a very important game. Um, yeah, and I agree with you here. Louisiana Tech's quarterback, Austin Kendall, was tough as they come. Give him a little credit. Oh, I, I'm not saying that he's bad at all. I, he was he was tough, man. And he took a couple of shots where I thought that that was going to be it for him. And there's a reason that Lincoln Riley signed him. I, I mean, he, he didn't play at Oklahoma, and he was he was just fine at West Virginia. But there, there's a reason that that he got those two shots in the Big 12. He can play. He's just not the best quarterback state we'll see. He's not the worst quarterback state we'll see either, though. I do think Devin Leary's better. Um, but it's marginal. I, I, you're not going to be blown away by Devin Leary e- either. Um, yeah, forgive me if I if I was disparaging Kendall. I, I'm not. I was really impressed by him, especially taking the shots that he did, and he was limping around and, and still played and played well. Um, I do think Leary's a little bit better. And I don't think that these are the best two quarterbacks you'll see this year. But, I mean, you guys know that already. I'll get back to your first message, by the way. Not worried, Judebug says, about the dogs. Just correct four turnovers and stupid penalties. Dogs win by 14. Um, JP on the attendance thing says, I think it's a mix of COVID and easier access, a.k.a. watching on your phone. Also, I'll add big TVs and stuff like that. Uh, That home experience is just better. Couple that with a combo you had earlier this summer about the price of expensive and or the price of the experience and voila, you have empty seats. Yeah, here's a an off-topic example of getting priced out of games. It's not just a football thing that's happening either. So United States played Canada in Nashville on Sunday night in a World Cup qualifier game. Forty-six thousand people or so were there. It's a nice crowd for a soccer game. Seventy thousand seat stadium. Lots of empty seats there. I wanted to go. I've got a buddy that lives in Nashville that had driven up, stayed with him, driven back Monday morning to sit in the upper deck. The the upper, upper deck at Nissan Stadium was $90 to sit as far away from the field as possible. The second deck, so not even the lower bowl, second deck, $120. To sit in the lower bowl was $200. And they didn't, they, they were 30,000 empty seats in the stadium. And that's the price? I didn't go. They priced me out. I would have gone, but I'm not spending $200 to watch a soccer game in a not full stadium. If it had been 50 bucks, I, I would have gone. I would have. But I'm not spending $200 to go see a soccer game in an empty stadium. The same thing's happening in college football. Randall says, state needs to show signs of improvement, big improvement. The issue is, 
so like I said on Saturday night, State can correct turnovers, especially fumbles. Um, that can be a team identity, but it doesn't have to be. It, it is a correctable issue. Um, and they can correct penalties. They can certainly do that. Uh, but offensive line play. That's what I'm still extremely concerned about. And Mississippi State didn't look improved at all. And now this weekend, it's possible. I haven't seen any update. Uh, but Dollar Bill, his uh, his nickname, I didn't recognize his first name in the article because everybody I hear calls him Dollar Bill, but um, was arrested recently. Does he miss the game? On top of, you know, not performing well as a unit, you might now be shorthanded in that underperforming unit. We'll see. It didn't sound like, based on what the charge is, like, like he didn't assault someone. He wasn't driving drunk. He uh, destroyed a, a small property of some kind. We don't know. The details are very foggy. But I, this is just an example that uh, Haydad talked to a police officer, and he said that kind of charge is like punching a hole in the wall at somebody's house or breaking out a window, something like that. Um, so not to diminish a player getting arrested, it's never good when that happens, but uh, it could have been worse. There has been worse, but you could be without him. I mean, I, would you be shocked if if a guy that gets arrested gets suspended for a game? No, I mean, that's probably what should happen regardless of what the charge is. If you get arrested, you should miss the next game. So it's a unit that did not look good on Saturday compared to the opponent anyway. First quarter, they looked better. Fourth quarter, they had worn down Louisiana Tech and protected Will Rogers well. But second and third quarters, a little bit of stunting really disrupted them. Um, and then they at times just got beat five versus three. They just got beat. Uh, so that's a position group that I don't know if you just get better from one week to the next. Um, a couple of those screen calls, though, in that game were excellent. If you're getting beat up front, you got a defense that's over pursuing up front. You hit them with a screen and then they have to kind of perk their ears up instead of pin them back. I thought that was interesting. Um, good couple of play calls there one of which was dropped that would have gone for a first down if I remember correctly. But that's what I'm concerned about. You've got a better team, a different challenge with NC State this weekend up front. The front seven just, I promise you, will be better than that of Louisiana Tech's. Can Mississippi State possibly shorthanded on the offensive line? That's just a guess on my part. I'm not reporting anything. I don't know if he will miss the game. I don't know. Um, I don't know. He could. I would expect it. But I don't know. It's just me opining over a situation. Um, I know how quickly that gets uh, that gets done. By the way, uh, there there was after the um, after the the bowl game fight. Hayden and I were just kind of talking about what should happen to the players, and it got to at least one message board. Borky's reporting that this player will miss games. Is that true? And then of course everybody's like, "No, he's an idiot." Well, I. I didn't report that. I was just saying that's what should should happen. I, I didn't say that was actually happening. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that that's the key to the game. Can Mississippi State protect Will Rogers? And will Rod will 
Will Rogers actually take shots downfield. It, it looks like he's a little too conservative. You've got to move the football down the field. You've got to take some shots to open up a defense a little bit. Uh, that's your key to the game, though. It's really simple. It's Mississippi State is so simple right now. They really are. Can they protect? If not, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Uh, we got text yesterday on the radio show about Will Rogers. Well, can he do this to get better? Will he do this? He was fine. He was good enough. He wasn't protected well enough. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter if they can't protect up front. It'll be a long day if they can't. Um, and Randall, yeah, I mean, you're right, man. If if you can't block three with five, you're in trouble. Jonathan's asking, what do you think of Jameer Calvin last week in his first game with State? I liked him in Polk. Um, Mississippi State's wide receiver group, if you're looking for a positive from the game, very clearly deeper. Uh, I know it's Louisiana Tech. doesn't matter. It, it could be Madison Central High School, and you could very clearly see that Mississippi State's group of wide receivers is better than the one they had a year ago. Definitely deeper. Um, I still think Wally needs to be far more heavily involved in the offense than he was on Saturday. But, you know, I, I like him. I, I like uh, I like Polk a lot. I think the transfer portal was really good uh, to Mississippi State, and I think they're better at wide receiver. Now, will they have time to distribute the football to that better group of wide receivers? That's your key to Saturday. But, no, I liked him. I think the portal did them well. Uh, Cal and Washington State gave Mississippi State a couple of uh, good wide receivers. Junebug says, uh, you're right, one screenplay could have went for a touchdown. He had four in front of him blocking, but he dropped it. It wasn't a sharp game at all. It's not like that was Mississippi State's best effort. Um, Offensive line issues aside, there were some drops, uh, fumbles, stuff like that. That I know you can force a fumble. I understand it. But the offensive player that fumbles is just as guilty or just as responsible for that fumble. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's something that you can clean up. The penalties are something that you can clean up. Uh, that was not their best game. That wasn't their best effort. So there's a lot of reasons to be concerned. But there's also a lot of, they didn't play that well. If we're being honest with ourselves, There's reason to be concerned about this weekend, but also plenty of room for actual growth. But if it doesn't happen on the offensive line, nothing else is going to matter. I also want to know from you guys, what do you think about the ACC and the way they look this weekend? Does that impact the way you think about this game at all? Um, The ACC had a rough, rough, rough week. Uh, Really rough week. Does that change the way you think about this game? Do you think NC State and their consistency is a product of being in a bad league? I have seen some people say that uh, Louisiana Tech is better than Louisville. I'm sure that's, you know, maybe that is the case. I don't know, but come on, what are we doing here? Um, I don't like doing the cross comparison of, of teams like that. Like, oh, well, it's fine because... Louisiana Tech's better than Louisville. I don't like doing that. I know some people do. It's all about the Egg Bowl around here. I get it. But there's there's 10 more games before the Egg Bowl. So let's focus on what the team did against their opponents, and then we'll get to the Egg Bowl when when it's time, you know, when Thanksgiving's rolling around. That's just me. But uh, that's something that I'll, I'll bring up on the radio show this afternoon as well, is uh, what is the ACC and the way they've looked this weekend due to the way you think about this game with NC State. Because the ACC looked like trash. It is. It was trash. Uh, their top three teams lost. And then you had Georgia Tech lose to Northern Illinois. You had Duke 
lose to Charlotte. Pretty ugly uh, for that league. It's pretty ugly for the Pac-12 as well, with the exception of UCLA, honestly. But anyway, um, it's a different challenge. And, and I think this is a game that Mike Leach needs to win. Well, I'm not going to do the hot seat thing. I don't think, regardless of what happens, you can you can fire him after this year or anything like that. But for fan confidence, they have to win this football game. They have to. For fan morale and confidence and whatever you want to call it, it's got to win this game. Or else people around here are really going to start questioning whether or not this system and this is going to work in the SEC. It's an important one. One of you says, Will has to... Junebug again says, uh, Will has to get rid of the ball quicker. O-line held them up three to four seconds. You can't hold the ball. He does have to get rid of the football quicker or just make faster decisions. I mean, there are times where he needs to start throwing the ball into tighter windows. College football, receivers in college football being open is different than being open in high school. Being open in the NFL is different than being open in college. I don't get to see the all 22, so maybe there's just nothing there and maybe nobody's open, but I feel like there are times where he could pull the trigger and chooses not to because a guy is covered, although he could throw him open. He needs to do that a little bit more. But yeah, he does throw, throw hold on to the football too long at times. So he doesn't help his already reeling offensive line. It's a, a multifaceted issue. But Louisiana Tech's front three should not be getting pressure at all, even if your quarterback's throwing on or holding on to the football too long. Shouldn't be happening at all. But anyway, I'm excited about this game, honestly, guys. I, I am. I mean, we are going to learn so much about your football team this weekend. So much about your football team this weekend. And uh, NC State comes in confident and good. And if they can win this game, then you basically erase what happened with Louisiana Tech because NC State is much better than Louisiana Tech. So you erase, basically erase that game. And um, you have Memphis, who is not as good as NC State that you feel like you can win. And then here comes LSU. So you can right the ship, no pun intended, with the Pirate this weekend or Things can go south pretty quickly. It's a very important game. I mean, the most important game in Mike Leach's tenure so far. Yes, more important than last year's Egg Bowl, no doubt. It's the most important game so far of his very short Mississippi State career. I'm excited as hell to watch it. Um, adjustments have to be made or else it's going to get ugly. I think they can. Again, they didn't play their best game last week. I think they can. But we got to see it. We've got to see it in a big challenge. Big challenge ahead for them. Don't forget to subscribe to YouTube, guys. I appreciate all of you uh, listening and engaging. I have noticed, by the way, that uh, the community that that watches this, albeit much smaller than the one that listens to the radio show, I appreciate you guys. I, I have to get sappy. I do it all the time with you guys, so I'll do it one more time. Um, obviously, yesterday's radio show was solely focused, not solely focused, but mostly focused on Ole Miss Louisville because they played on Monday night, so we talked about it on Tuesday. Um, I can't tell you the number of messages we got where if you praised Ole Miss's performance because they played well, it was, oh, you're just a stupid homer. I, I'm not listening to anything you say ever again, that kind of stuff. None of you guys do that. None of you. And I appreciate that. I like to think this audience is smarter than some of the folks that listen to our radio show. Maybe, 
maybe I've just cultivated an intelligent audience. That's not not true at all. But um, the reaction that you guys give is so different than the audience that we have on the radio show. It's crazy. Just completely different reaction. Um, so I appreciate you guys is what I'm saying. Thank you. You understand where I'm coming from, a position of love. That's where I'm coming from. But also, honesty and the way I see it. So you guys are the best. Thank you. Uh, I will be on the radio this afternoon uh, wearing my red and blue glasses and talking about Ole Miss is going to win the national championship uh, coming up at, uh, at 3. So you have to tune in there if you want. But if not, I'll be right back here tomorrow with you guys at 8. Y'all have a good one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.